How you guys doing tonight? Good. I'm glad to see you. I really am. True story. Especially the one person who was excited. Um, yeah, so how are you guys doing tonight? Good. Awesome. Uh, so for those of you who are new, my name is Chris Wozniki, and I'm on staff here. And um, just wanted to welcome you and to let you know um, that last week, if you guys were here, uh, was not a very typical Soma night. Uh, and this week is not a very typical Soma night either. But it's all part of this uh, series that we've been going through called Life 101, uh, where we've basically been um, looking at several key issues that can be really tricky uh, to navigate when you're sort of college-aged. Um, we've been looking at time management. Who has a problem with that? Yes. Perfect. Uh, you can podcast that. It's on iTunes. Uh, we looked at money. We looked at our bodies. Um, we're going to be looking at relationships. Well, we didn't like look at our bodies, but like <laughs> we um, talked about bodies. Uh, and we're going to be talking about relationships. Actually, Dre is going to come in and speak to us next week about that. Um, but today, we're going to be talking about the reason why most of you are likely in college, because um, you need a job, Right? You, need, you probably want a job in the future at some point. Um, but the fact is, like, your job or your future career, like, it's not just a means to an end. Like, you need a job to, like, put food on the table and a roof over your house and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but biblically, work is a lot more than that. Work is a lot more than just being able to provide uh, financial means to survive, right? In a sense, biblically, your career is your calling, which can be kind of disappointing if it's like, oh man, I'm called to work a desk job. It doesn't sound like a calling. Or I'm called to be an accountant or a dentist. Those things don't really sound like callings, right? Like usually we talk about callings in the same way as we talk about like somebody's called into ministry, somebody's called to be a missionary. We don't think about callings in terms of like regular jobs or secular jobs, whatever you'd want to call them. But the truth is that careers, whether they be church-related or whether they be secular, those are actually callings. Think for a second with me. Um, The Lord's Prayer. How many of you guys know the Lord's Prayer? How many of you grew up saying that, right? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come. I learned it in the King James. Uh, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. How does God answer that prayer? Give us this day our daily bread. Does, like, bread just rain down from heaven? Not unless you're an Israelite in the desert, right? Um, No, it it comes by means of the farmer who planted and harvested the wheat that you gluten-free people can't eat. Um, (laughs) It it comes by means of the factory worker who made the bread, by means of the high school kid working at Vons who puts the bread into your plastic bag that you paid 10 cents for because every week you forget to bring your reusable bag. Um... It comes through your mom, who makes you your sandwiches before you go to school, still. Um, All of these roles are how God answers that prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. God uses ordinary jobs, farmer, factory worker, supermarket, mom, to answer that prayer, right? Martin Luther, um, reformer, he said that, or basically he believed that every believer has to discover uh, how he or she is gifted by God to develop this world, 
Um, that, that's how he saw careers and your calling and your vocation. Because uh, in large part, that's how Jesus' followers fulfill their calling to love others. It's through regular, everyday sorts of jobs. That's how you love the world. Right? So tonight, um, we're going to have a panel. And hopefully, as the panel comes up, uh, by looking at their lives and their experiences and just as they share what they've gone through, um, you'll get a chance to sort of see how you've been shaped by the Lord, um, how you've been created by Him and molded by Him in order to do work for the glory of God and do work that actually serves the people around you in some capacity and benefits His creation. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and invite the panel to come up. So why don't you guys give them a big round of applause. All right. So this is our panel. Um, Let's start right here. Why don't we go this way and sort of say who you are and what was your first or your worst job ever? I mean, hopefully it's not your job right now. That would be disappointing if that was your worst job. So yeah, go ahead and uh, grab one of those mics. All right. All right. Uh, my name is Milad Gerges, and my first job was one of the ones he just talked about. I worked at Vons, and I was one of those guys bagging your groceries. Nice. So that, was, that was my first job. Awesome. I'm Susan Badgett, and my first job was bagging groceries at Ralph's. <laughs> Anybody do Whole Foods? Did you do Whole Foods? Didn't, like they never let me bag groceries. <laughs> um, first I'm, I'm or worst? Was that? First or worst, whatever. Uh, it wasn't bad. I, I worked at a dirt factory that, that made <laughs> potting soil. And, um, yeah, a football buddy of mine and I both worked there, and we stacked the bags on pallets. We have kind of felt like we were in Footloose. Nice. You know. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to tie my worst and first together. Um, mine was, uh, you, you see those guys that are standing out flipping signs around and going to? Well, they didn't have big signs there. They just had this one sign. I didn't even know that there, you could flip them around. But I literally was dressed up as a clown with big red hair, big red nose, and, uh, and, and floppy feet and all kinds of stuff. And they put me in the back in the corner to help uh, promote people to go up to this magic center, which is a magic store in Montrose, California. And so it was, it, it was the worst thing. I mean, being dressed like that, and, and it, was, I started, it was a summer job. So mm-hmm. imagine being in with a big nose and hair at uh, probably 100 degrees. So uh, worst job, first job. Never would do that again. So. My first job, I worked at a candy store. So I was, well, I was the candy man for a few years. Um, that was kind of the worst job, too, just because it was at the mall. Um, but it was sort of the best job because we, we had to, like, taste the candy to make sure no. that was good. Um, so anyway, so, okay, so, like, why don't we keep introducing ourselves? Um, what do you do? Like, what's your line of work? And um, how long have you been in it? Uh, yeah, say your name again, just so people remember. Oh, did you not say your name last time? He did. I said, like, introduce yourself. Okay, say your name and uh, what you do. Go for it. All right, I'm Danny Fernandez. Um, <laughs> I, I even have my daughter who's in uh, 12th grade right here. I was, like, I was like, hey, that looks like, I'm walking, it's dark. I was like, that looks like Kelly. Man, she, you ratted you know, her out. This is a college like, group. We're going to have to kick her out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Good to see you, Kelly. <laughs> um, uh, what do you do? What do I do? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <And your name. laughs> I already said my name. Oh. So, um, 
What, uh, I'm a physical therapist, um, and part of my job is, is I'm a home health physical therapist where I go to patients' homes um, and treat patients after they come out of the hospital or have a knee surgery or they're just um, referral from a doctor. And so I go house to house and do house calls as a home physical therapist. I've been doing it for 23 years. So. Doing it. Start with a nine, yes. <laughs> it's longer really. than most of these students have been alive. Yes, probably long, <laughs> much longer than most of them have been Thanks. alive. <laughs> Just had to throw that out there. Thanks. Thanks for yeah. Hey there, guys. My name is Brian Baugh. I am in the uh, entertainment industry. I work as a uh, director and a writer, primarily on feature films, a little bit of TV, and I've been doing that about... I guess I've been involved with it since college, and I'm trying to think of the number. I, I did my first 10 years as a, primarily as a cinematographer, and then have been doing the directing and writing thing for about the last six or seven full-time. Uh, Susan Badgett, and I am an RN. I've been an RN for 27 years, and I'm... Sp- thank you for the woohoo. Thank you there. Yeah. I pray with you on Wednesdays. Anyway, um, and uh, I'm a labor and delivery nurse, which is a whole other. Uh, my name is Milad again, so I have one of those desk jobs. So uh, I'm a vice president at a uh, large company. Uh, I oversee sales and marketing uh, for a thing that's a pacemaker in your brain. If uh, for folks who have uh, Parkinson's disease, whoo. Uh, been, do- <laughs> been doing that for uh, for 12 years. I've uh, been doing uh, prior to that. I was uh, my background's engineering, and I've been doing that for 20 years. All right. So, what is the most rewarding aspect of your job? Just anybody who wants to jump in. Uh, one of the most rewarding, and probably the most spiritual part of my job, is I, I tell people, God has given me the license, literally, to use my hands to touch people as a physical therapist. I mean, most careers you cannot go and touch people. I mean, it's just almost illegal, I mean, for some places, you know. so for a lot of people, but, but God, you know. however, God has given me the legal right to be able to lay hands and touch people and heal them, and it's, it's a powerful um, uh, experience that I have, and, I, and sometimes I just go through the routine of just doing it, but some, there's times when God just says, no, this is the person you need to literally touch, this is how you're going to touch, and this is what you're going to do, and, and trying to listen to the Spirit leading me in what my job is. And so it's a cool thing to be able to legally be able to touch people and, and, and uh, lay hands and, and, and heal them. So it may sound weird, but, you know, it's my job. <laughs> uh, rewarding things. I, I would say two, and they're sort of in different areas. But, uh, you know, essentially I look at myself as I'm crafting sort of emotional journeys for people, uh, you know, as you create entertainment. And I think that goes for any kind of artistry. Uh, you're kind of helping people to kind of go through this emotional path. And it's really cool to just sit in the back and to see what you've created take people on a journey that you intended them to go on that they aren't, didn't necessarily know that they were going to go on or cared that they went on. And so I think that's one of the most rewarding things is just seeing people um, get something out of your, your art, essentially. Uh, and then I think the... The other aspect is more of in the process of making it. It's incredible, um, at least on movie sets, it's like a giant summer camp of work, you know, <laughs> that has, is, is super long hours and super intense. But um, 
there's an incredible joy in the camaraderie of going through that with a bunch of other people and seeing uh, the, the impact that you can have. And it's a whole, you know, as you were talking about, well, it's just a whole ministry of itself, just all the incredible relationships you have because you're, you're, uh, you're there together so much and working so intensely on something. And then those relationships last throughout the year. So. Um, labor and delivery is very rewarding because basically you're bringing life into the world. And people are really vulnerable um, at that point, and they're very open to anything you can bring. So um, it's so cool to be able to walk in and change the environment. You know, you can bring hope, peace. Uh, you can watch them um, break down and, and realize that their plan is not going to be the plan that's going to happen. And you can, um, it gives you a chance also. Uh, the world comes to me. I don't have to go out to them. I, I, I deliver homeless women. I deliver all types. So I have a ministry every day. I go home, and when my head hits the pillow, I know I made a difference. Uh, for, me, it's, for me, it's two things. Uh, one is I get to work with doctors and I get to, to really be at the forefront of creating things that, that really help people. And I get to see patients and their lives changed. I get to see their families' lives changed. Um, and that's, that's just uh, amazing. The other piece I love is um, being able to work with people and see people grow. So hiring folks like yourselves and um, giving them projects and, and seeing uh, individuals grow and thrive. And, uh, you know, that's just, I love that. And that's, that's the piece I love. And work truly is my ministry. Cool. Um, so sort of st- stepping back a little bit, history-given question, um, how long, or did you always know that you wanted to work in this particular field? And if not, what sort of drew you into it? Yeah? Uh, abs- absolutely not. Uh, I had no idea. Um, truly it was God. I, you know, like maybe many of you are like my son who's going to college uh, next year. I wanted to get out and build race cars. And I wanted to either build race cars or rockets. And uh, that's what I went to school to do. I went to CSUN over here. And I got to do that. I got to build a race car at school and, and uh, was praying about what was going to happen. And I was selected for an internship. And uh, you didn't have a choice. So, you know, good thing I got good grades. I was selected for an internship. And ended up being some little, little company here in Chatsworth that was doing machines to analyze your pee. Uh, so, uh, like, God, are you serious? I mean, really? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend the summer building a machine that analyzes human urine. <laughs> um, and that, that internship changed my life. And, uh, God's used it to just, he used that to, um, to spark me on this career in, in medical devices. It's just, you know, it's, it's provided for my family and I, it's provided for, uh, or ministries, it's just been amazing, and I had no idea. Absolutely, I had no idea. Um, uh, I, w- I have a degree in recreation at Cal State Northridge. I, I know there is such a thing. It's a Bachelor of Science <laughs> in Recreation. And, I, uh, yeah. and the only reason why I chose it is because I had yes, to declare to a major, and I knew I couldn't do math. And I knew that I, I was a poor speller, so I assumed I couldn't um, do English. So that was the major that had the least amount of all those things. Yeah. It's the and best I got way done to choose a major. With that, and uh, I, I thought, what am I going to do? I went on the mission field. I was supposed to be there for two years. I only lasted six months. So I came back, and I, I thought, what am I going to do? And um, there was a girl that had the same kind of personality as me, and I knew that she was just as bad at math. And uh, she was a labor and delivery nurse, and she said, you can so do this. And I thought, 
well, okay. <laughs> and there you are. <laughs> and then she just automatically... Should make you guys feel confident to have babies out there. Huh? <laughs> um, now, I, I guess I was more prepared than... Or uh, knew it more than, than these folks. Um, but, I, but I still... It still wasn't terribly on the radar through high school and whatnot. Um, I, yeah, I was always really into sports, and you know, I had delusions of that I could actually play one of them, but I, that, that never worked out. <laughs> I, I wasn't quite big enough. But the uh, so I'd watch those ESPN videos or you know, one shining moment for those of you that watch the NCAA tournaments. Like, well, maybe I could edit those. Um, and you know, and I. I had some relatives that lived near NFL films and I would wander into there when I was a, a middle schooler and talk to those guys. And I, but I never really thought about it as far as filmmaking and media. And then, um, in high school, I got involved in this really influential, uh, theater program at our high school and I was directing plays and designing sets and doing a bunch of sound. And it was in Seattle during the grunge era. And I was, we were pulling out our friends' basements and building recording studios and, and recording really bad garage bands and just playing a lot of bassy guitar chords. And, um, but it, yeah, it wasn't until like midway through high school that I learned that I could actually do this stuff for a living. And um, so I, then I wandered down to SC to look at their recording, music recording program. That was program. your first mistake. Yeah. And um, <laughs> was that? I said that was your first mistake. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the UCLA guy, boo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least we beat you three times in basketball oh this gosh. year. But um, I'm just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. It's it's we we only care because we haven't done it in like 40 years. So <laughs> don't worry. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that's uh, and then I was just fortunate to get into SC's film program. I kind of just happened to uh, on on the tour go over there and say, "Wow, I could actually do this." So it was it was still a little new, and my parents were petrified and all that good stuff. So, um, but anyway, um, I also like Brian. I, uh, when I got out of high school, I was applied to Cal State Northridge. I'm also a graduate of Cal State Northridge. So three of us of are from CSUN. Yes, a lot of matadors. Ooh. Yeah, go bullfighters. You know, <laughs> gosh, you know. <laughs> um, uh, the thing is, I went in and you had to declare a major at that time. They kind of they wanted you to declare a major. You could go undeclared, but they were wanting to pursue a major at the time. And I'm like, okay. Um, I like the body. I, I was going through some different things, and, and uh, physical therapy looked really cool, you know, and, and, and working with people and help restore their bodies and get them stronger, um, recovering. I'm going to declare physical therapy. So I went in as a physical therapy, and it was, it was a pre-physical therapy program, um, a declaration that you had to declare because you couldn't be in the, a physical therapy major until you got into the actual program that you had applied to. So from... From day one, I was a pre-physical therapy major, and I ended up going to school for 10 years and came out as a physical therapist, and so, which is really rare. I mean, I, I, you always hear everybody saying five, year, five times you're going to be, at least, you're going to be changing your major. And for me, I had to change my major, but I got another degree before that, before I got my second degree, because I couldn't get into the program. But it was, it was pretty rare that, uh, for me, uh, I felt like this is where God is calling me, uh, from the very beginning, and I'm not sure exactly when it was that God said physical therapy is, is your, is your uh, major. But once, I, once it took, and probably within the first uh, three years, I mean, just kind of went through the process of doing my GEs and pursuing um, all the list of classes you need to take. 
I didn't realize how serious it was to get into the program, though. I mean, passing the class, hey, yeah, pass, got a C, yeah, you know. <laughs> but when you go and you're applying against people that already have, that have 3.85 to 4.0, and I have uh, 3.7, 3.8 is my major, and uh, 2.75 was the minimum. So I was at the bottom of the list, and so it took me quite a while time. So, but God, God really help me pursue that and uh, I'll share a little bit more about that in other questions sure cool so um, sort of shifting gears a little bit um, slightly different direction one of uh, the pastors that I really love to listen to um, he says uh, this it's going to be up on the screen it's actually your fill-in um, he says whatever you're good at do it well for the glory of God and do it somewhere strategic for the mission of God um, whatever you're good at, do it well for the glory of God and do it somewhere strategic for the mission of God. Uh, the church that he leads, um, he jokingly calls this the Mormonization strategy. Uh, and basically, they ask their college graduates to consider continuing their future career for two years in a place that that church decides that they need missionaries. Um, so don't worry, like, we're not going to make you guys give you two years of our lives, of your lives. But for instance, like, if... If this church is going to plant a church in Texas, right, and you just graduated as a dentist, they might ask you to go and do the job that you were already planning to do in this place where there's a need. Um, if you're going to be an accountant and they are starting a church in London, you're going to be an accountant anyway, so why not do it in a place where you can actually have an impact for the gospel? So uh, the idea behind this is that God has given you a career not simply to make money, but actually to contribute to God's kingdom movement, right? So sort of adopting this phrase, whatever you're good at, do it well for the glory of God and do it somewhere strategic for the mission. I have a question for you guys. What sort of role do you think excellence plays um, in your witness, in, in your place of work? Um, it, it, plays, uh, it plays everything. Um, I would say if, if as a Christian you didn't do your job well, you would not earn that right to be heard. Uh, why, why would anybody want to be led by you? Why would anybody be, uh, you know, care about what you're saying? So, I mean, I, I've, you know, a, a little change of that. Colossians 3.23 has been my kind of life verse. So whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. You know, you're working for God, not man. And uh, that's just carried me through, you know, from college up through, um, up through you know, where I am today. And what I find is because I've been blessed to do what I do and been successful at it, and, got, and it's not me, it's, it's absolutely God. It's, there's, there's, um, there's challenges along the way. But because of that, I've been able to have conversations and people to walk into my door and, and to be able to have discussions with individuals. Uh, one, of the, one of those folks who's now here at this church and is leading uh, ministry here, and it's just been amazing, but because of the platform, it excellence and doing things well um, allowed, you know, allowed in the kingdom. Yeah. So um, I wasn't planning on asking you this, but can you sort of tell that story? Like, yeah, yeah Manny's story. Yeah. I'm guessing it's Manny, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chris was actually part of that in, a, in a kind of an indirect yeah. way. Uh, so I used to be um, in charge of the Mexico missions here. Uh, and it was a time where, like, really, God, I don't speak Spanish, uh, but I love, I love the mission. And um, part of it, I was, I was running operations at, at work, so that was basically running the manufacturing plant. 
And uh, through that, we had an employee group that was reaching out to the Hispanic community at work. So we had 300 employees that, that were assembly workers. And uh, part of it was to, to do fun things for them, volleyball games, basketball games, things like that. And so I was sponsoring this group. And this gentleman, uh, who I've known for some time, I've actually worked with him since 1998, uh, was the leader of that group. And uh, he, you know, he was looking for ideas. And uh, he came into this conference room, he and a few others. And, uh, you know, I just, I guess I was kind of bold that day. And uh, I said, well, if you guys really want to do something for the community, why don't you come help my church build some homes for, uh, you know, for some families down in Ensenada? I didn't think any of I'm like, you know, I, it was one of those where, like, do I, like, lay this out there or not? But, you know, I laid it out there. And uh, he's like, okay, I'll come. And I'm like, wow, really, God? Okay. Uh, like, this is going to get interesting. So his, his name's Manny. He came to the house to the uh, parking lot build, the pre-build. And we had been praying about So actually, Chris and I were going down to Mexico with, with uh, Brian and um, we were, Chris spoke uh, Spanish or kind of gets by, and we were, like, praying, like, God, just bring us, <laughs> bring us somebody who, could, um, who can just really take on this ministry. Um, so anyhow, this, this guy, Manny, decides, he's like, he comes to the house build, and he's like, I want to go on the trip. I'm like, really? You want to go on the trip? Um, so it was my family and I and Manny. And, I, and I've, known, I've known him, but, you know, it's like now we're blending, you know, kind of work and, and God. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is interesting. So he rode down with us in our car for, you know, it's like a six, eight-hour drive. It's actually probably about an eight-hour drive down to where we were. And uh, did, did just an amazing, I had no idea what was going on in his life. Little did I find out later uh, that he was on the verge of divorce. Um, he was, um, his family was falling apart. And his wife, who was a believer, was praying for him to, um, to find the Lord, to, to really turn his life around. And that trip changed his life. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, I didn't, you know, lay out the four points or whatever points of the gospel. I didn't lay out the Romans road to him. Um, he just hung out with my family and I and got to see what we were like and got to see a community uh, down there in Mexico uh, when he came back, he started coming to church every Sunday, hanging out with, with Brian, joined Brian's life group and was discipled with, with others, and, and he's leading that ministry now. So uh, you never know how God's going to use something that you're doing. Yeah. Amen. So excellence at work, how does that sort of play into your witness? It's easy as a nurse. Everybody expects a nurse to act like Jesus Christ. And if they, if they don't, there's a problem, right? Right. You know? So, um, yeah. So even if people don't know, they just know, no, a nurse is supposed to have the fruit of the Spirit. So excellence shows up in non-excellence. You know what I'm saying? How I, t- how I step it up more for me, I, I, I just do prophetic over people. Because when you're ready to have a baby, you want to hear positive stuff. So I'm just like, hi, I'm your nurse, and I'm here for your baby's birthday. And I can't wait to see your baby. So come on, baby. I want you to move towards the light. We want to see you. We want mom to be happy. We want baby to be happy. All those things. I'm praying out loud. They just don't know I'm praying out loud. And, you know, so and it's, it's cool. It's very cool. And then to be able to ask, what's the name? And be the first person who calls that kid by its name. You know, it's like very cool. That's cool. People remember their labor and delivery nurse for good or for bad. They will forever. Excellence, excellence. I mean, excellence in the arts, you 
pretty much won't survive unless you're excellent um, <laughs> in, in the art. So, no, there's some really... <laughs> well, they're good at... So, so, you can turn so, on the somebody, radio, right? Somebody out there likes what they're doing. <laughs> um, but no, I think it's, it's so competitive, and it's... Uh, and, and that's great. I, I think that's awesome in the arts that it's really competitive. There's a lot of people out there that want to do it. Um, if you don't do a good enough job, they can find someone real easily to do it um, because, because there's so much supply um, and so little demand. So uh, to me, excellence is really one of the highest things that I think about and aim for. And as I was thinking, like excellence sort of equates to influence, um, you know, that the more influence you want to have, the more excellence you should be aiming to be in anything in life. You know, if you're excellent as a friend, you'd be an excellent listener, you know, uh, excellent at your job. You know, you're, you're, as, as you pursue excellence in that, you're going to get more and more opportunities to influence people. So if that's a, an important thing to you, and with most people pursuing the kingdom of God, that, that is, um, you know, and a good UCLA guy, John Wooden, um, I, I love his stuff and read a lot of it. And he, he I, I was actually had the, the good fortune to talk to him once, and he has this pyramid of excellence. That, and right in the middle of it, he put skill, which is kind of his his term for excellence. That we have to be that the heart of of achieving greatness is is being you know incredible at what you do. So anyway, I, I hold it very highly. Yeah, just to just to add to that, the what you said about um, excellence sort of. Tr- becoming influenced. I just think of um, the story of Daniel back when we were in the exile series uh, a few months ago, just the way that he was excellent at what he did in serving in the king's court, and that really granted him influence um, with King Nebuchadnezzar and allowed him to speak into his life and allowed him to even speak about the Lord uh, to him. So that's just Joseph. Joseph. It's, yeah. it's, all over, it's all over the Bible. Nehemiah, um, people who strive for excellence... And not necessarily that you're the best, but like you're striving for excellence. People see that, and that translates into influence, which translates into life relationship. And it doesn't have to be president of the United States. It can be a, a excellence as a mother. You know, yeah. you can influence other mothers. Excellence as a, as a school teacher, as a janitor. It doesn't, like, matter the status of the job. Just, um, yeah. you know. Um, excellence also, when you're, when you're doing your job, you can do it with excellence, but... You also need to look outside your job and look outside what are some needs are. For me, one example would be I'm, I'm seeing a patient and I realize that they have not eaten because there's no food in their home. Um, I've literally gone to the market and, and done marketing for them and come back and dropped off food. I've made sandwiches for them. I, they can't get out of their bed. They can't move, and there's nobody there. I mean, just looking and seeing what, the, what, what is needed, whatever your profession is. I mean, it's not just doing your job. And particularly, but it's, it's what is God calling you that day, that moment, that time, um, a place. It might be that person you need to talk to and, and just listen to. It may be me going out and, and literally buying uh, food, eggs, milk, um, and buying the, the basics of, for them to be able to survive. Um, and, and sometimes that's part of excellence. It's not just doing what you've been trained to do. But do what you've been called to do because that's what it's all about. It's, it's reaching people for what their needs are and building that relationship in that way. Um, so sort of slightly different question. Um, so aside from personal witness, how do you think that your career uh, advances God's movement to establish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven? Um, so less about like... Sh- 
sharing the gospel, but like how does your career, and some of you guys hinted that a little bit, um, play a role in God's kingdom movement? No, I mean, we were, we were talking, uh, Brian and I carpooled up here. Um, I, I had no idea. I mean, I, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I got married almost about 20 years ago uh, in July. It'll be 20 years. And um, I, I mean, I, thought, I never thought that Mary would be able to stay home. I never thought I'd be able to send, you know, my kids to the schools that we send them to. And uh, it's like, wow, how did this all happen? And it's, it's all by the grace of God. It's all um, by being faithful. If you haven't studied tithing, I encourage you to study it. Um, it, it works. It's not a health and wealth thing. It's, it's God's promises. Um, and we've been just incredibly blessed uh, and learning to be generous and learning that, you know, we can support. Uh, Brian and I are, are part of an organization called Young Life. And um, somebody there? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Chris back there. Um, and, I, I mean, it's, it's something that we're able to, to support, and, and it's something that's happening here in the Valley, and it's just like, wow, God's using us to support an organization that's reaching out to high schoolers. Um, we've been able to, to help support things at church here, um, missions groups, or just people going out to the mission field. And, um, you know, I, one, of the, one of my other uh, fellow gentlemen kind of in leadership one time said, you know, he, he gets to bankroll the kingdom. And I, I heard this about eight years ago. I'm like, what is he talking about? But God gives some of us the opportunity to be able to earn um, a living and earn money and to be able to give back. And um, God trusts individuals to be able to, to kind of funnel that resource out to different ministries. And, you know, if not everybody's going to have that, but if God, you know, whatever you have, um, it's kind of your duty, your, you know, to be able to, to fund what you have, to, to fund other ministries, um, to help others. And that's been cool. And God's, God's teaching us that every day. It's similar to what Danny was talking about. All you have to say is you're a nurse and you can get, you get carte blanche into a lot of places. People will tell you their deepest uh, hurt because you're a nurse. You know, I'm, I, even when you're in nursing school, it's like they all of a sudden, people, people are like wanting to show you boils. You know, you're like, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but the good news is, is that you can be a nurse who is a passionate Christ follower. In fact, that's why I wore this because, I mean, it was too easy. I just took and said, I am a passionate Christ-following nurse who is pursuing God, loving people, serving sacrificially, sharing Christ. Join me as we unleash a movement. And that's just my mission statement. It fits in very well with what I do every day. But outside of every day, you know, I'm, I, I, a day doesn't go by that I don't say, I see somebody and I go, hey, can I help? I'm a nurse. And they're like, oh, she's a nurse. She's not weird. Yes. <laughs> help. You know, and then I can say, hey, how can I pray for you? Or let's pray for you, you know. Mm-hmm. So I get to be b- both a nurse, you know, and a, a Christ follower, which is very cool. Uh, well, who, who out there likes to watch TV or movies? <laughs> yeah, see, my, my answer is easy. So, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it, it, it's pretty easy to see how media impacts and, and can make an inroads in the kingdom of God because it's so cool. C.S. Lewis or, or who wrote the Message Bible? Eugene Peterson. Eugene Peterson, yeah. He did this cool quote that, like, stories in, um, can go inside and infiltrate into people's lives and then blow up inside with their themes, um, which are my favorite uh, ones to do. That are, They're sort of secret, you know, little bombs that, <laughs> that can go in and, and explode in people's hearts, you know, once they think about it. So, um, 
so yeah, so media has an incredible uh, impact, and um, that's what I kind of work at every day to see if we can do stuff that'll at least move people. You know, I, I think uh, a producer once told me that uh, is one of the few producers I know that, that's older that has has a faith, and he was like, well, "Movies are great for sort kind of the first step, like starting to people to think about things or ask questions." So I think it's. For, for me, I often see, oh, yeah, if we can just kind of get people thinking about things or considering something, it's a great first step. So, um, One of the greatest compliments I've ever had was someone saying, you're a Christian, aren't you, in my workplace. Wow. I mean, and <laughs> I wasn't, I didn't have a Bible in my hand. I didn't have a cross on my, my uh, neck. I wasn't um, saying any words that were biblical words, but I was, I was speaking on behalf of God. I was doing what God had called me to do. And um, w- when people say, uh, you know, you love what you do, it, it's evident. I mean, just look at what you do. I mean, and, and that in itself just inspires me, just pumps me up that, you know, people notice that. And it's, I'm not trying to walk in there to impress at all. I'm there just to serve. And, and whatever your job is, I mean, whatever it may be, um, if you're a teacher, if you're going to be a, a nurse, you're going to be going out there and you're going to be an engineer, you're going to be someone who's going to be a police officer or a fireman, or you're gonna, you just do it with passion. You do it because this is what God has called you to do, you know, with excellence. I mean, and we're serving only one, we're not serving men, we're serving the Lord. And that's truly, I mean, from Colossians 3, 23, it's truly what it is, you know, serve with all of your heart. And that's what, and it'll be evident um, that you're a Christian just by you doing what God has called you to do, and and that's the hard part is trying to figure out what God is trying, calling you to do. So, So, um, usually, I guess for most people, we spend about a third of our lives at work or our day at work, assuming you sleep for eight hours a day. Um, You usually work for eight hours a day, and then spend time with family or friends or whatever for the other eight. Um, so it would, in my, at least in my mind, it would make sense that a lot of our spiritual growth, that a lot of how the Lord shapes us and molds us would happen at work because it's a place that we spend so much time at. Um, I remember when I worked at PacSun, I just had it, like every job at the Northridge Mall. <laughs> um, <laughs> When I worked at PacSun, um, I think the Lord really taught me about prayer. Because I'd be sitting there, like, he also taught me how to fold clothes. Actually, no, I learned how to fold clothes. I'd be sitting there, folding clothes, bored out of my mind. And I think it was at that stage in life that the Lord really taught me to pray. Because it's like, either I'm going to fold these clothes and just be bored out of my mind. Or I can be productive with this time. And I can actually spend it praying. Um, so it was a moment, so it was, a, my job was a place where the Lord taught me something, not just about himself, but something about me. Um, for you guys, how do you think the Lord has used your careers in order to teach you something about either him or about you? So how has the Lord used your job in order to grow you spiritually? It doesn't have to be like an everyday thing, like even just a moment. Um, just by... Caring for people, caring for patients, you know, people that are in pain or, or people that, are, that have had uh, paralysis from a stroke, just caring for them and working with them on a daily basis. I realized just caring, it, it, it brought me back to 
who cares about me? Who, who cares about what, who's planned my, my day? Who's put it all together? Who's put um, my day together so I am going to be able to reach these people? And it, it made me realize of, of the, how much God cares for me. Um, and just by, on a daily basis, sometimes I'll, I'll just like, think, Lord, thank you. Thank you for giving me the wisdom. Lord, thank you so much for allowing me to care because you cared about me. Um, and so there's, there's times when I just, I pray that. And it's, um, I've learned that God cares about who we are. He cares about how we impact others and the relationships that we are building, whether it's a work relationship or whether it's a friendship, whether it's a family member or wherever it is. I would say my career's taught me a lot of, these guys all know what's going to happen in their, that they're going to have a job like four months from now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I couldn't even tell you what I'll be doing four months from now. Uh, so there's an incredible amount of, of faith in the life of an artist um, yeah. that, that just draws you near to God because you have to. And I think, as Danny was saying, the, the whole spiritual life is pretty much about, like, do we trust that God loves us and that he's going to care for us? And so I think, for me, it's been a lot of just increasing my faith. Just do I really trust that God cares about me, cares about my desires, cares about this calling that, that he put inside me to, to try to impact the world through media? And... Um, because there's times when I doubt that and there's dark moments and, and plenty of those. So I think that's one. And the other cool thing is because you're having to make so many decisions, oh, should I do this one, should I not? And then even within the projects, all these decisions, there's a cool leaning on the, the spirit of God in the, in the moment by moment that Danny was referring to a little bit when he was responding to the needs of others that he sees. Like, uh, it's cool to have a job where you have to feel like you need to be connected. I, I, you can't do it on your own power so so often that, you really need to lean on the spirit and and it's cool to see when boom you'll get a flash through your head oh I, I didn't think of that it must be god you know um about about some sort of decision you might need to make or an, or an artistic choice or a, or whatever it might be um if you should go with a certain actor or not <laughs> um I would say when I, when I was started and how I was trained was to make sure nothing bad happens on your shift you know, and how I've grown. I'm so I just had this pervasive sense of of angst and worry. Like, please don't let a baby or a mom die on my shift, dear God. You know, um, and that's not a place you want to live in. You know, and so it's been really cool to grow out of that into a pervasive sense of well being, that God's in charge, that I am here, that this is a God assignment He gave me, and things can go south, but He's still in charge, and that. Yeah, so uh, that's been a shift, and everybody has seen that in me because I was very chicken little. I mean, and lots of people have said, "Gosh, remember when?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's humbling." So that's the other thing is that all my coworkers have seen. It's like I know you you act more like Jesus than I do, and I'm the one who loves him, you know. <laughs> and they know that, so they're always like, "Going, hey, you're getting better. You're looking a little more like him." There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um... It, it, I mean, it's shaped my my prayer life, my character, uh, everything. I mean, I'm just thinking back, going to going to CSUN, being that grocery store cashier or bagger. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot there, but um, but praying through time. I mean, it took me six years to finish my undergrad, but just the whole time of working nights and working days and trying to go to school and you know juggle that. 
but then, uh, you know, getting a job in like engineering and problem solving, and you think you have it, you think you can solve the equation, uh, but but things happen, and praying through the problem, praying through, uh, you know, God help me with this, um, and then as soon as I feel like okay, I got it, and I can do it on my own, uh, God puts me into something more like Brian, kind of in sales for the last four years where I'm traveling around the world and gone 80% of the time, and things are out of my control, uh, and I can't solve the problem, and I'm relying on other people, and again, just constantly praying and, uh, you know, on my knees and praying. Um, and then again, you know, just I was reflecting and thinking even, you know, a couple weeks ago and just difficult decisions and difficult projects and just, you know, you kind of have that cloud and you can't think straight. Uh, but just really taking the time to pray. So I, I run in the morning and take the dogs out, and, um, you know, I'm praying for my boss. I'm praying for the project, and that's where God kind of brings me back. And I just, my, my whole prayer life um, and that reliance on God is, is real. I mean, I don't think it would be other than the career. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we've sort of talked about some of the, I guess, the spiritual aspects of our careers, which is great because in this series we've really been trying to, um, I guess, instill the idea that, like, we can have all these practical steps to time management, to our bodies, to money, to all that sort of stuff. But if it's not grounded in, I guess, the Lord's foundations, then those practical steps don't really matter, in a sense. Um, but we've also looked at practical tools, because they're important, nevertheless. Um, so let's get a little bit practical with our questions. Um, most people in college have no clue what they want to do with the rest of their lives. Um, Which is fine and all right. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea what I wanted to do even going into grad school. So, uh, so when did you know what you wanted to... I, I guess I kind of asked this, but like... Um, you're assuming we know. Yeah, exactly. I'm assuming you're in the career that you want to do for the rest of your life. Uh, what advice would you give to someone who has no clue what they want to do with the rest of their, uh, for their career? Whatever you're doing, whether you're at PacSun or whether you're, you know, working at an office, do it to the best you can and just ask God, you know, just learn from it. Learn, you know, just ask God, what are you teaching me through this? Um, you know, when I was, when I was, I go back to working in a grocery store, um, you know, I was making good money. And, you know, you start getting used to that, you know, as somebody who's 18, 19, 20 years old. And uh, you're like, wow, God, okay, should I, you know, should I continue down this engineering thing? Or should I, you know, what if I stay doing this? And why am I doing this? Um, but I got to learn, you know, what it's like to work with people, difficult people. I, I got to learn what it's like to work on Christmas when, when you all are, you know, and your parents are, you know, rushing the store to, to buy food and you can't find it. And like, that whole customer service stuff. And you fast forward now, that experience has allowed me to be, I guess, an engineer that can actually deal with people. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, um, so whatever you're doing, wherever God has you right now, learn, learn from it and, and do well in it and just soak it up and, and do the best where you are. And, you know, if he pulls you out of it and puts you somewhere else, then, you know, learn, do the best there. Um, but just really just, you know, what, how is that going to shape your character? Wherever you are right now, how is that going to shape your character? I just want to piggyback on it. So, yeah, so because the world's not going to tell you that. They're not going to tell you that God's in charge and that he's going to take every single individual, seemingly meaningless, stupid boss you had, da-da-da, and he's going to 
weave it together into this beautiful thing that you're going to look back and you're going to say, it's your glory. It's, that's you. That's you, God. It's totally you. And no advisor is going to tell you that, right? They don't know that. They don't know about how good our God is. You know, we sang about that. I, I recreation major, I, you know, you, you make these decisions and you don't, you, you, you don't include your spouse because your spouse doesn't exist yet, right? And then you... Well, hopefully they exist. I mean, they're not... Like, <laughs> That's true. They're not, like, not well, she's robbing the cradle. Right? <laughs> Way to go, Dennis, huh? <laughs> yeah, you make these decisions in a vacuum. I mean, but you're not a vacuum. But you're, you and God are making the best decisions. And, you're, and he's got the big picture. And he's just giving you that little tiny next step, you know, which is just finish college. And you're like, well, what am I going to do with this? And he's like, you know, just finish what you started. Just take the next. And you just keep taking it. And now here I can look back, and I have the best story to tell you of how God wove that with this, with that. You know, I, I wanted to work in the inner city, you know. But no, I married a husband who wanted to live in middle-class America, you know. But I... And, At least you're not and, in see me. I, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. But uh, now... I, and I chose a hospital that was middle class, but you know now it serves the poorest of the poor. All those things that God sowed in my heart, and then I, I walked away from, or I thought I had to let them die. They all, they're back. They're back in full fruition. Yeah, I think that's just even in my own life, which I mean, obviously, I'm not at the end of. You guys aren't at the end of your careers either, but like. Uh, um, even, like, in the direction that the Lord is taking me now, um, as I'm starting, uh, I see all these, like, desires and, like, plans and all these things that I felt like they were desires that the Lord put on my heart. But there was no way that these things would ever, like, line up. I could not possibly think of something that would bring these heart desires and these callings together. Uh, but somehow the Lord has weaved those things and basically created like new opportunities that didn't really exist that sort of answer those things. So it's like the Lord is in his plan is just so much beyond us that we can put this plan together. It's something only he could do. Yeah. I didn't struggle with that so much. I felt I was fortunate and kind of God put this thing in my heart at a young age and I was able to follow through on it. But for the friends that I've talked through and had these agonizing talks with (laughs) it, it, um, it seems to just try a bunch of random crap, you know, like just go and do, uh, there's go, the quote. you know, just try <laughs> random crap, you know, just like, be a fill-in. That, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah where's, where's the fill in for that? Yeah. This, this is where I get, this is why my wife doesn't give me the mic. Um, so, but you know what? It, like, it, I just get so excited. I have one friend in college, I'm just going to do like five different jobs this year and just see what I like. And, uh, you know, I'd love to just drive across America and just pitch up a town and, 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 and find some job at a diner, and then I'm going to go work in a warehouse somewhere. And I, I don't know. I, that's an, a sort of extreme example. But, um, you know, there's so many opportunities now to shadow people, to, to go on and follow certain interests, or maybe I'd want to do this. Maybe I want to just, just try it out. You know, do some legwork, do some, um, you know, hustle up some opportunities or some chances to kind of just try a bunch of things. I, there's a great quote, you know, God doesn't uh, direct ships that are, that are uh, still, you know, just... Follow, follow an instinct. You know, when I think of a sailboat, you know, when it's got wind in it, you might be going the wrong direction, but God can kind of tell you to move the rudder a different way. But if you're just standing there in the middle of the ocean, you know, that's not going to do you much good. Um, so anyway, that's, that would be my encouragement. Try random crap. 
Um, my suggestion is uh, one of the things you need to do is, is get together with, with good quality friends mm -hmm. or a good mentor or people that you truly look up to. Someone who, who really, and, and just talk with them and share with them what your passions are. Share them what you, who you are. What's going on in your life? What are things that just really you hate and things you love? I mean, and, and, just, and just bounce some ideas off. Um, and then um, you can always work at McDonald's. You work at Chick-fil-A. You can do all these kind of other jobs, but, which a lot of them do. But what I would suggest was that you would look towards, let's say you want to be a, a, an attorney. That's, that's your career path. You're thinking that's what it is. Well, work, pursue that. Volunteer. File. Be a file clerk. Just look at things and, and file things and ask, what can I do? I'm going to here to volunteer. Or if, let's say you don't want to be a nurse. Be a candy striper. Um, you want to be an engineer. You go there and go to an engineering firm. That maybe you want to be mechanical. Go in some place and just say, I just want to be here just to see what you're doing. Maybe shadow you. Maybe help out whatever I can. I guarantee you, you're there and you show passion and you show like you want to learn. That will turn into a career. That could be even turn into a job that can maybe give you direction towards a career. But if, if you're just going through... I'm going to say Chick-fil-A. You just go through Chick-fil-A, and, and you want to pursue Chick-fil-A and be an owner of a Chick-fil-A, great. Keep doing that, what you're doing. But sometimes you may have to kind of stop that job and maybe start and turn a different direction and start volunteering or just putting time in, hanging out with people, and then it'll turn into a job. You start doing that. You'll see different directions of, let's say, an attorney. Maybe you're working with an attorney that does you know, uh, uh, law that will be... Know, persecuting people that are that have committed crimes. Maybe that's not what you want to do. Maybe you want to do something else. But to give you an idea if that's what you want in your life. But you, you need to start pursuing, not just keep doing the same thing and keep pursuing that that history major or whatever your major is. You need to start looking towards what it is, and then it could help guide you along that pathway because. You can go through college and finish your degree in recreation and never do anything with recreation. <laughs> or you could be pursuing something that, that doesn't get you anywhere, but that career, that little job that you had that started off as a little job that you volunteered, that starts into maybe a paid job, maybe it makes you into maybe a, an office manager of that place because you have passion. But then you, now they're helping support you. They're writing their resume, help you write your resume, help give you... Uh, recommendations, and they're going to launch you off into your career path. And so do things that you feel in your heart, but pursue that, because otherwise um, it won't come that way. You won't see it. Um, so that's my, my recommendation of, of how you would pursue something that maybe you don't even know what you're going to pursue. But you need to get that advice from others and then start walking towards it. Yeah, and it may not turn into a job. It may turn into something else. It may look elsewhere. Hey, uh, Waz, I have one other one cool practical thing, a, a, a close family member has like a, a, been a career counselor, and one exercise that they would have people do, which I thought might be helpful for you guys that are, that are in this situation, is they would have people write down three uh, experiences that they had in their life when they felt most alive. If that was like um, playing in a worship band, uh, you know, being the photographer for the, at school, what, whatever it might be. Um, you know, doing doing math on the the math team, what, whatever it was in your in your history, and then like writing t two pages literally on each one, and then kind of looking for the similarities. And I thought that that was a cool thing, and some other people have, that I know have done that and found some things. Uh, yeah. 
about themselves through that. So. That's good. Um, let's do this. I think we have time for like two questions. Does anybody want to ask our panel a question? All the way back there. Yeah, um, I'll take it. Uh, you have the yeah, mic. right now I'm realizing that I want to finish strong. And what does finish strong look like? You know, um, and so for me, it means uh, I'm going to start mentoring more people. Um, and and the re- and I wasn't thinking like that. I was trying to think young, you know. And now I finally realized I'm old. And um, and what helped was I started teaching. A, I started leading a life group of this age, and that's when I realized, oh, there's I. They like me, and I like them. And then that made me think, what well, if I could be like Christ-like, if I could be nice to them here, maybe I could be nice to them at work, too. So, yeah, so that's where I, I want to finish strong, you know. That's good. Um, maybe one more? I mean, I'll, I'll take it. It, it. It's by, like I was, I was talking, it's by putting the two together. And it's, it's not career and God, but it's it's together. It's God is my career. God, what I do in a career is leading me to God. It's causing me to pray more. It's causing me asking God, what should I do with this career? Just step by step by step by step by step. Because um, you know we're we're called to be in the world and, and not of it. And uh, it's just wrestling with God every day. And. So I'm sure, you know, the, the time management thing, right? I mean, you're trying to go to school or do the, do the career thing or come to SOMA or come to church. Honestly, what I found and, and the advice I give, it's amazing how God multiplies your time. It's amazing that, you know, you, if those of you who are here, you, you're, you're able to come here and then God gives you the time to study. Um, or it's, I, I deal with it now. I mean, there's times where I go to life group with Danny at Danny's house. There's many a Sunday night where I'm like, man, I am just tired. I got to be on a plane later, or I got this project or that project, and I just don't want to be here. But when I'm there, God blesses that time, and he multiplies it. It just happened two weeks ago. He multiplied the time. The following morning, I had time to finish what I had to do. He gave me the answers, and it's God will honor it. And just, just trust me. Uh, pray through it. You'll see, you'll see it. Um, God will honor your decisions to come to church, go to life group, read the word, um, and, and, and you'll see you'll see transformation. Cool. So the panel will be sticking around after, uh, just in case you have any questions. But last question, and let's uh, try to get like to the point with this. Um, not that you guys are like <laughs> rambling, but just for the sake of time. Uh, what's the single most important piece of advice you'd give to these students about their future careers? Okay, it's, you know, I mean, if, when you ask a question like that, you're like, you know what, we got to go to the Bible, right? So it's, it's a verse we all know and love. Um, first, I'll do the, I mean, I had the Colossians one, but we already said that one. So we'll do the First Corinthians 10.31. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, just do it all for the glory of God. That's the bottom line. It really is the bottom line. It's not a verse, you know. The other one is what we've been saying. Whatever you do, work at it with your whole heart, which we've been saying. But with those verses, with what, like, Danny's been saying, passion. Just whatever you're doing, I mean, that, you know, Jesus wasn't boring. Be passionate about what you're doing. And so just, just follow that passion, and wherever you are, just honor God and do it with passion. Don't 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 be a don't be grouchy. 
just be passionate. Do it with joy. You look like you're ready to answer, Danny. Uh, or you wanted just, that mic pretty bad. I didn't want her to have my mic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing, don't worry about failure. I know failure is, is, is something we all... I, I failed and I worried about it as well. I mean, I did. Um, and we can say that now as we're older, but you could probably say that even today. Um, you've gone through high school. And you, you were worried about failing and, and not be able to get that class. You were worried about how you can um, be on that team that you really, really wanted to be on and play in that position, and you worked at it, and you were worried that you'd fail, but you did it. Um, same thing happens in college. Same thing happens in your career. That you, know, you need to go with gusto. You need to go with just passion. You need to go with everything you have because that's what God is calling you to do. Because if, and if it fails, it fails. You pursue something else. We all have gone redirected. And sometimes that failure is exactly where you're supposed to be. Um, and, don't, and that's why I say don't worry about that failure. Because God has a plan. God has another direction for you. But later on, you're going, wow, God, you knew exactly when you need to put that roadblock up. And you knew exactly why I needed to go around that roadblock and go someplace else. Because that God is in control and, and giving it to, uh, to, over to God. Yeah, I guess mine would be just listening to the Lord as much as you can. And I know that things are crowded and there's lots of Instagram feeds and things like that. But, um, yeah, so much is about what we're called to do. And you may be like, well, I don't hear anything. And I think just that continual search for it. And it may change over time and being willing to be flexible and take risks, like Danny said, um, I always read those articles about the people that turn 100 years old and what their advice is. You know, whenever I see those in the yeah. New York Times or whatever, oh, what do they say? What do they say? You know, um, but the, one of the number one things that they all say is, oh, I didn't take enough risks. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I worried too much. And I think work is a big area for that. Um, and so that would be, you know, plus, plus we have God. Like, you know, we, we're, we're in his hands and, and we're, we should be more free and more confident to take, take those risks and try great things. It's like Danny says, I fail all the time. Everybody fails all the time. I don't know if he said he fails all the time. I don't know if he said he fails all the time. No, I'm saying I, I, no he's a, he didn't. I do. I, <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, Danny. I was, ta- I was taking your failure. On, <laughs> I was trying to pass off some of my failure on you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so anyway, but, but yeah, you know, like you said, just, the life will be such a great adventure and, and, uh, yeah, you won't be, you'll, you'll be better for it, you know? Yeah, that's good. Um, give it up for the panel. Thank you guys so much. Um, yeah, you guys can take a seat. So I hope this was pretty helpful, um, for you guys, um, but the truth is you still may be confused. You still may be freaked out. Um, but that's okay. Uh, as, as they pretty much all said, figuring out your career doesn't need to be stressful because you know that your path is in the Lord's hands. Um, and all you need to do is just focus on doing whatever you do for the glory of God um, and doing it in such a way that's strategic for um, just the Lord's mission here on earth. So you really, if you're like within those bounds, and obviously it's a moral thing, uh, you have really the utmost freedom to do whatever. 
You know, you don't need to feel confined as though, like, there's this one specific thing that if I don't do it, I'm going to be breaking God's will. Um, but uh, if you guys want guidance, if you guys want prayer, if you guys want wisdom, um, the leaders are going to be standing in the back. They'll be willing to answer any questions after the service. Uh, but also they'll be standing back there just to pray over you, um, pray direction, uh, pray maybe you feel like you need to surrender uh, your career goals or even um, your tendency to just make your career your life. Um, they'll be back there praying for you. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and call up the band and let me pray for you guys um, as we just enter into this time of worship. Father God, um, we thank you, Lord, because you have a good, good plan over our lives, God, that you love us so dearly, Lord. Um, we thank you that you've even invited us uh, into your movement of, of loving this world and of reaching out to it and rescuing the, rede- uh, the lost, God, and just redeeming those who are far from you, Lord, and how uh, awesome it is just the fact that our careers get to play a role in that, God, that we don't need to be in uh, ministry or work at a church or work for some Christian organization in order to take part in what you're doing in this world, Lord. So I just pray over everybody here tonight, God, that you would give them just peace about this, that they wouldn't be worried, Lord, but that they would trust that you're ultimately going to get all the glory from what they do with their lives, God, that they would trust in your goodness. Lord, we just um, enter into this time of worship uh, declaring that you are good. Praise in Jesus' name.